quitethethingmedia.com. The network, oh, without constraints. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Long Term Memory. Coming at you a day late because I was so drunk on Sunday and ended up in bed at about nine o'clock and was far too... Well, we actually planned to record it on the Sunday calling, but the best laid plans of mice and men, as they say. Yeah, I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. We know what 90% of our audience is listening to this. It was the Ranger Celtic game on Sunday, Jack, and I don't know what we were even thinking about, even pretending that we were going to be in a position or be in a mood or have the time to record it on Sunday night. Absolute silliness. Um, but hey, a day late, so something to look forward to and something that will make your Tuesday better than your Monday. So here we go. Yeah, I'm still feeling a little bit rough, to be perfectly honest with you, but we may as well just dive into the content. We're nearly at the end of our 90s series, we're at 1998 this year, so only this year and 1999 to go. In fact, what I'm going to plug now is an idea we've got for a sort of live recording show. There's this Twitter Spaces thing that some of you will be aware of, and we're thinking about doing that, not next week, but the week after. But we need to know if people are going to actually be interested in turn up, because we're not going to record to two men and a fucking dog. But if there's decent numbers, I'm talking like 10, 12 people would make it worthwhile, you know, a question and answer section you can put in your own input and stuff like that. But again, we need to be sort of need to know if people are interested in it before we commit to it. So um, if you are, let us know. We've had one or two people say that they might come along for, for a recording. When would you want it recorded, for example? Is it something that people would want to do on a their Friday night? Yeah, or would they rather do it like sort of during the week when they've got we don't know. That's what we're trying to figure out. But that's what we're doing in a couple of weeks. But 1998, Colin, what comes to your mind first? Uh, 1998. <laughs> well, I don't know what yours is. I've not read all the document yet. Um, you've done all the prep this week, as is usually the case with this, these 90s shows, Jack. So I don't actually know what yours ones is. I've just read what yours is. Okay. Um, I'm not going to steal yours, although it probably would be the answer. Mine would be <laughs> um, that year I went to France on a school trip. And... Um, we stayed in this big fancy hotel type thing. And when we checked out of that hotel, the Brazil football team were checking into it to stay. That was going to be their base World Cup. Um, but I'll always remember that trip to France because it was away with schoolmates. It was being abroad with schoolmates, uh, going to Disneyland. I remember losing my cap on Space Mountain. Absolutely gutted. I had a really nice kappa cap and it blew off during Space Mountain. Couldn't get it back. Um, I remember one of the guys got into trouble for taking pictures of one of the other girls' arses with his Polaroid um, one-time camera thing. And I always remember him giving him the excuse when questioned by a teacher what the hell he was doing. He was taking a picture of the pavement because they were different in France. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of my... Other than saying what you're going to say, I'll say that's my memory of 1998. Yeah, the Brazil World Cup. Uh, the Brazil team checking in to your hotel for the World Cup. The World Cup just sticks out in my memory being a 13-year-old that year, just like the greatest thing in the world. <clears throat> Used to follow Scotland. Scotland were there. They were opening the World Cup against Brazil, which is pretty amazing. The local park, Bellhouston Park, which a lot of you will know, um, which isn't far from Ibrooks, had sort of Scotland fun days, basically, so you could go along those big screens, there was like beat the goalie, there was like the soft, not the soft play areas, but those blow up things where you, you would run through them and things like that, the bungee ropes, all sorts of fun was had, and as a 13 year old, it was just like the pinnacle of fun, 
just going, watching football, playing football, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, World Cup 98 is probably the, the thing that sticks out most to me. The story that always sort of pops into my mind when it comes to um, us kicking off against Brazil was it was delayed. Do you remember that? I'm sorry. A slightly delayed kickoff. I don't remember that at all. No, I don't, I don't remember it being delayed. Yeah, it was a slightly like not talking much, um, but I think I'm pretty sure it was like maybe I don't know, say 10, 15 minutes delayed because the some ceremony ran over or some sort of shit like that. Something was happening, but I think it's Gary McAllister tells the story of like walking sort of through the through the tunnel to see sort of what was happening in Scotland. We're doing their their shuttle runs and warming up because they're going to play Brazil in 15 minutes, and he looked into the Brazilian locker room, and they had the samba music on, and were dancing, and doing keep your peace, <laughs> and he was like, oh no, we're fucked. Oh man. Yeah. Pretty sure it's Gary McCaster that tells that story. Yeah, but he just thought to himself, oh no. <laughs> and this, this was the, this was also the whole uh, Yuri Geller moving the ball thing and all that, wasn't it? No, that was Euro '96. That was just Scotland. Oh shit! So it was. I'm getting right. Yeah. There was a was there a penalty missed or something? Did John Collins miss a penalty or do something? John Collins scored a penalty. Scored a penalty. Tom Boyd scored an OG. That's it. Tom Boyd. I knew it was one of the two Jake balls that was the top <laughs> of the story. After off the back of it, that's the one. Tom Boyd. Yeah, John Collins yeah. scored a penalty to go to one each. I'm pretty sure. Then Tom Boyd um, scored that own goal. But yeah, yeah, the World Cup at that age, I remember it being. So a nice summer because when we were at the park, it wasn't pissing the rain. You were in your shorts and t-shirts, so yeah, lots and lots of fun at did that you, at that age. Did you have a wall chart from the newspaper up on your wall in your bedroom? Yeah, I would have. I would have had. So good. This was yeah. this World Cup that's just finished. Uh, sorry, this Euros that's just finished. I should say is the first one I've not had a wall chart for. Even as an adult in a house, like buying a house and all that, I've still put a wall chart up every tournament. Before this one, I couldn't find a newspaper with a wall chart in it. I was up at a mutual friend Gordon's <clears throat> for one of the games in the Euros. Might have been the Scotland England game, and he had a ball chart up. Do you know what score he'd filled in for oh. Scotland England? No, just just the very first one. He put the first score up and then just stopped. Oh, <laughs> then. That's, that's classic, Gordy. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Right, anyway, we'll move on. Like I said, calling the year as 1998 and we're going to start in January because something kind of exciting was happening in January. I use exciting, I don't know if that's the right adjective to be using there. But the Drudge Report breaks the story that old Bill Clinton had been having an affair with Monica, uh, which would lead to an impeachment, basically. I think it's one of the only presidents that's ever actually been impeached. There was talk about Trump getting impeached, but it never happened, I don't think. Again, that we, we've spoken about Bill Clinton a couple of times before because of this and X, Y, and Z, but I think there's something coming on Netflix or something about this. That might yeah, be I don't think it's coming on I think it's FX. Um, it's on in the, I don't know where it's on here. The last series was on BBC. It's um, American Crime Story, the Ryan Murphy show. Um, so this is the third season of it. They've done the life and times of Gianni Versace already, and they have done... What was the other one they done? Um, O.J. Simpson. Um, so this time they're doing impeachment, the Bill Clinton story, and it looks really, really good. The O.J. Simpson one was brilliant. The Versace one was even better. So this one's got quite high hopes for it. It's Clive Owen playing Bill Clinton, and Hillary Clinton is um, Eddie Falco. She's great. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think it's going to be quite good. There's a lot of other, like Sarah Poulsen's in it, of course, because she's in every, every one of them, and a few other things. But the trailer looks really good, so okay, kind of looking forward to that. I don't know how true to the story it'll be, Jack, truth be told, but it'll be entertaining nonetheless. But aye, this was huge. This was like mad, mad story. And I remember being 13 or so. Yeah, I was 13 in the January when this came out. And it's weird because at 13, you just think it's funny because you're hearing about some guy having sex with his secretary or so, you speak, and the, the big evidence they're talking about on the news every night is cum stains on a dress and stuff like that. <laughs> and like, that, this is like this big smoking gun bit of evidence, and you're just watching it going, uh, cum. But it's just like, huge, huge story. Um, it just seems mad. I don't think it would happen now. I think a new story like this would get contained now. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think this would come out. I don't think it would be allowed to come out now. Um, or I actually think they'd probably be too sensible to like it happen in the first place. Because it really was mental that this thing happened. Oh, I, I kind of like the Clintons are this sort of almost political dynasty. Like with Hillary obviously being so unpopular that Trump beer. Like it just shows you how like those were the I think <clears throat> like stats wise or you know they do, they do those polls or whatever. I think those two were the two. Like I think. It, is it approval ratings? That's that's the word mm-hmm. I'm looking for. I think both of their approval ratings were under thirty percent or so. I hated both of them. It tells you what a mess that whole country's in, though. Then, if that's your two best candidates, that's the only two that can get themselves financially and politically in a position to run, and they've got a thirty percent approval rate. Like fuck me, nobody wants either of them. No, not at all. Something that people did want was a film that came out the year before, mate. One of your Favourites, that's, well, that's one of your favourites. It's yeah. a film that I'm not a massive fan of myself, but it broke records, basically, in the march. It did. Um, paint me like one of your French girls. A real man makes his own luck. The the quotes are endless. Um, I'll never let go, Jack. It is, of course, Titanic. Um, came out, I think, in like kind of October, November time, 97. And it was still kind of about in theatres, like five, six months later. And that was at top in a billion in the box office. I think the first film to do so there's been a few since that have done it um, but this was the first one um, because people were going to see this film and then going to see it again and again that's how it made its money it was repeat viewings because it yeah. was brilliant but again there's got to have, like with it making one billion dollars that would be not including all these old daytime films including inflation like it would be like an actual one billion dollars it would instead of going all oh, gone with the wind made yeah, $18 million, but mm. that would be fucking a billion dollars today, whatever it was. But it made an actual billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah it made an actual billion, billion dollars. Yes. Yeah. Like I say, it's not a massive fan. Yeah, not a massive fan of it. Like, I think I've seen it, I think I've only seen it once, and I was never sort of thought to myself, right, I'm going to go back and, and watch that again, so never really grabbed my attention. It's not the worst film, or, you know, some people will take the piss out of it because of um, if they look too too much into it. You know, you get people that really drill down into things far too much. Yeah, like the violinist did not do that. The violinist did not play until the end at some myth and all that sort oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, shit like that. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah, wouldn't it be fucked like it's a film? You can't, yeah. like, there's some, sort of, um, there's some sort of leeway there to make the story more enjoyable because it's a long film as well. It's like three and a bit hours, is it not? Yeah, it you've is. got to make a film, you've got to keep people's attention. You know, I struggle with films that are that long. I've always said this, I think 90 minutes, bish, bash, boss, 
out the door and that should have done. That's what I would like all films to be. You are very particular. Some, 40 minutes of podcast. Uh, 40 minutes of mm-hmm. podcast, 44 minutes for a TV show, <laughs> hour and a half for a film, and five minutes of music, and then you've done enough of that. <laughs> uh, music, uh, one song is enough. Uh, I only put this in because this is something that I did not know that Pakistan were into, and that was uh, testing medium-range missiles. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I found funny about it was um, where they were capable of hitting, basically, and it was just India. <laughs> the only other place. It so it, it wasn't a medium range missile; it was a fucking missile for India. Oh. Basically, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, not content beating them at the cricket; they've invented a whole new missile range just to hit them. Yeah, um, that, yeah. I just found that sense really funny, man. And that was in the April, uh, capable of hitting. One other country, <laughs> like to be wow. fair, because Pakistan is right, it's in the middle. It's there's a name for a country like that where it's a country within a country, so it kind of makes sense that it could only hit India, but still, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. I watched a program last night with missiles in it. Um, that I watched that new BBC Sunday night drama thing, uh, Vigil, that started last night. Um, it's the people that make Line of Duty, so you might quite like it. Um, it's about a, mur- a death that happens on a Navy submarine. But because the submarine was in British waters at the time, they had to send a British police on to investigate it rather than investigate it themselves. And right. let's get Martin Comston in it, right? And this isn't a spoiler. He gets killed in the first five minutes, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole storyline, basically. But it's only one episode uh, last night. I still think there's another one on tonight. But it looks really good. But on the submarine, it was showing you where the missiles stay. And they're fucking massive. Yeah. The next thing is only put in because it's from my birthday. It's May 24th, 1998. And a website first appears on the internet called timeanddate.com. Literally, it's got the time and date on it and it's still a website. I went on it just to double check. Back in the day where any idea was a good idea almost for a .com. Oh, and putting the time in, like, oh, what is the time and date? I better go to timeanddate.com to check. And it does, that's all it is, the time and date. But I can't think of a single device that's capable of going to timeanddate.com that doesn't already display the time and date. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure even back in the whole Windows days back then, like, the wee clock down the bottom was always there. And if you clicked on that, it gave you the wee calendar. Yeah, I've just double clicked on it there. So you can look up time zones, I suppose. Um, like, date-to-date calculator, so I presume you can go, like, how many days was it from there to there? Uh, what day is it in X days? It gives you that. You can count down to any date, count down to New Year. All very simple things, it would appear, but timeanddate.com was a thing. Maybe, was a thing, maybe one of the first places to do that, where you could say, yeah, what day is it in 11,000 days? Yeah. You can do that on Google now. You can just type into Google um, what what, what day of the week was it? 700,212 days ago and it goes Tuesday, which is always quite amazing. But yeah, I just think it's mad that that's a website like when everybody knew the time of the day already. Yeah, you can check world clocks, holidays and events. So it's a little bit more than just a time and date thing, I suppose, but it doesn't look like it has changed much since the old the old days since like it launched. The, like, like the Space Jam website. Kind of like Space Jam, yes. Yeah. Uh, FIFA World Cup, we mentioned that. Not going to go into granular detail here, Colin, but 
Uh, remember the final 3 now to France? All the sort of palaver surrounding Ronaldo before it kicked off. Yeah, Ronaldo's haircut when he just got the he just got all his hair cut off apart from his fringe. Um, he had some sort of panic attack or brain attack or aneurysm or something, and still played the game because Nike made him. Um, well, see, that's the rumor. Is that actually true? I, I don't know. That was always been a thing to get bandied about. Was the sponsor sort of made him play? I don't know because yeah, I just say that as if it's verbatim, but. When you think about football just now, I don't think sponsors can overrule a manager and make a player play. I just don't think they can do it, really. Um, I don't know. How to, that, that World Cup for me was all about France. It was the emergence of France, the emergence for me of Zidane, Petit, those types of players, um, Turam, uh, Lizard Azou, guys like that, that you kind of didn't have exposure to back then. It wasn't. You didn't have the wide-scale internet. You didn't have French football on... BT Sport every weekend and stuff like that. So see, you were genuinely discovering some of these players for the first time um, and seeing that kind of generation coming through. It's definitely the first time that Zidane ever really came into my consciousness and, and kind and of followed his career quite closely after that. And he is, not including Rangers players, my second favourite player of like, all time. It's just odd, isn't it? Because Serie A would have been on TV all the time. But he'd still kind of stayed under the radar to your average 13-year-old lads like us. Um, but aye. If he's your second favourite, is your first Ronaldo? It's actually the other one. Oh, is it Messi? It's Messi. Oh, yeah. mate. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. Uh-huh. Oh, dear. I just think it's a... We can't get into this argument, right? And uh-huh. we also can't be the wanks that go, oh, can't we just be happy that both of them played at the same time? It was an honour and a privilege. <laughs> and in future generations, they'll look back and say, you were so, so lucky. <laughs> right, I'm going to trot out the same argument that lots of people will trot out. I think Messi is, is naturally more talented than Ronaldo, but you've got to give Ronaldo kudos before actually going to different countries and shit like that. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, listen, it's, people have their favourite... And it's their favourite for any variety of reasons. And it's one of these things that I think once you pick your favourite of the two, you don't back down. So it's, I a, think de- kind of, that yeah. never, it's a debate that you never ever actually win. Nobody wins. You just end no, up annoying not, each other. So Yeah, you've never had a you've never had a debate with somebody and then you've both left and went, right. I've changed my mind actually. Yeah, yeah you know what? Now. That guy was right. <laughs> yeah, it's like arguing on the internet, it's just fucking meaningless and pointless. Microsoft released Windows ninety eight in the June, mate. They did, and some companies are still using it now. <laughs> um, it is, I don't know. Does that just me. prove that it is a good piece of kit? See, to be fair, I'm not sure there is many using it now. Yeah. I think most, <laughs> IT, most IT policies probably wouldn't let them use it now because it's not supported any longer, and you would get hacked like fuck. But I can remember working 15 years or so after it came out and companies still using it. Um, it was reliable, and their devs knew how to work it, so... I guess it kept its life because of business, really. But and little greeting face HTML monkeys going, oh, but it's too hard to fucking scope over or whatever works they use. I don't know. But aye, turn it off, turn it back on again, all those dickheads. Um, yeah. But aye, if you if you ever had to sit down and look at it now, it's fucking ugly, it's horrible, it's clunky, it crashed all the time. It's, it's just not a Mac. It's horrible. Nobody should be using it. Yeah. But this next thing sort of shows... Just uh, the, the sort of centric nature of what you think about in all general life. I didn't know this until a couple of days ago, that the Congo War began in 1998 in the August. 
5.4 million people have died before it ended five years later. A million people a year died in that war. And I knew nothing about it. Never heard of it. Well, um, I'm going to be totally honest. I hadn't heard of it either. If you'd asked me to list the things I know about the Congo, other than the fact that they drink um bongo, I would be <laughs> struggling to tell you anything else. Um, I don't know anything about the Congo, really. can't even think of a famous Congolese footballer. Um, what, what about the film um, where they go to the DR Congo and there's these like killer apes? What's that but called? It's not, like, it's not like Planet of the Apes or anything like that. They go and there's like, this virus that makes apes go mental. Oh, yeah, it was a book. It was a book first. They um, have been, mate. It was, it was the guy that wrote Jurassic Park. It was him. Um, Michael Crichton. That's set in the Congo, I'm pretty sure. No, it's set in, set in Jurassic, Jurassic Park. is set in... Not Jurassic Park. That's other film I'm talking about. Oh, right, okay. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe based in the Congo, then. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I know about it, yeah, was that vague memory of a film that might or may, might not have been set in the Congo. But I never knew anything about this war. Yeah, the body since World War Two, which is kind of unsurprising with those with those massive numbers, but yeah, never knew anything about it. Google started to kind of take over. Um in the August the first Google Doodle Google Doodle, I got there, uh, celebrates Burning Man. You're a fan of the doodles, those little things that pop about Google. Is uh, that what that is? Yeah, so it's, that's the different logo at the top, depending on what's going on that day. I used to quite like them. I liked them when they, when they first started um, building in code on them so that you could actually they could play a game and stuff. So some of them were the World Cup one, I remember. Hello, friends. Colin here the looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Their Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. There's a football logo, and when you clicked on it, it became a little game of football that you could play in your browser. They were pretty cool. Um, the thing is now though Jack to be honest mate I probably couldn't tell you the last time I seen one of them because I don't go to google.com to google you do it just straight from your browser window now don't you you don't need to go like the you address in the bar yeah yeah. you don't need to go to google.com to see the, the google the, the google doodle um, but I didn't have anything against them it's a pretty boring looking website so it's nice to have a wee, a wee bit of something that's interesting about it yeah it wasn't actually until four or five days after that first doodle that Google Inc. was actually founded um, by Larry Page and Sergey Brin, who are just these super billionaire guys now floating about. They could have sold it to Yahoo, we spoke about this briefly before, but Yahoo thought the search worked too well so people wouldn't use the advertising because it would find what they were looking for too fast, basically. That's mad, that, isn't it? And that's why they knocked it back. <laughs> it works too well, no, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just funny because when you think of the thing Google made most of the money out of what was it? Advertising 
Yeah, exactly. So, idiots. Yeah. Do you ever see when you go on Google? Uh huh. Do you ever click the, the the one that says "add" next to it? No, the top one. No, but just yeah. for a pettiness. Like, don't, don't you tell me what's at the top. I'll pick the one I want, and it's nearly always the second top one. It's always yeah, the the first organic one that comes up. Yeah, it's always pretty much ninety nine percent of the time as the to, the the top one as well. It's, it's, it's weird. I, there's there's definitely some stuff at play to push stuff to the top because even before you think about like the, the most popular stuff and things like that, if I was to type in Jack Bauer, the first thing that would come up probably would be Jack Bauer's Wikipedia page. Yeah. For some reason, wherever you, wherever you go, the Wikipedia page seems to be one of the top things. I think it's because it scrapes information from that and does a wee preview type thing of the results using it. Yeah, there's a name um, for that. Um, and you can, at the back end of a website, um, I don't know a lot about it, but you can fill in those details so that, like, see if you type in uh, how to make a boiled egg, uh-huh. and it pops up and it gives you those five steps. Yeah. That's something in the background of your website that those bots yeah, crawl so that. that it pops up there. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you kind of get that one, like if you've got the top result for how to boil an egg or how to tie a tie, do you know that's one of the, the top, top, top sellers things? Because I wanted to get a website that was called How to Tie a Tie, um, but it was, already, it was already bought. But when you typed it in, it was for sale. So somebody ah, okay. started it before yeah. because... I think it's in the top 10 search terms on Google every month. We're bad for anytime we're watching something on the TV, pausing it and Googling to find out what somebody's been in before. All right, okay. You're watching, you go, I oh, fucking recognise him, I recognise him. But Generally, watching, oh, yeah, okay. We're watching stuff on Amazon Prime now. Um, and one of the things that Amazon Prime does, which is amazing, is when you pause it, there's a thing called X ray mode. And end it, it's on the screen at that time. When you pause it, their name comes up and you can hover over their name. Where you're remote and it brings up a list of everything they've ever been in. That's wild, man. It is, so they must scan every frame of every show and put that metadata into the actual video file. It's amazing. Um, but I don't watch much on Amazon Prime, so I don't. You can only use it on that thing. So the rest of the time, it's usually googling it, and you Google like I don't know Grey's Anatomy season eleven episode nine IMDb. <laughs> and bring up that full cast list for that episode. And then you're just trying to figure out what these folk have been in. Is that only for Amazon Prime shows? Like, say there's like no. another show on there? It does, does, it, it does it. Well? No, it does it for Grey's Anatomy, which isn't an Amazon Prime production. It's a show they've kind of bought to put on their service. So not anything that's on Amazon Prime, it has this X-ray mode. Well, we'll just tell your mother that, uh, that uh, we ate it all. Wrong Term Emery has joined forces with Pie Sports at PieSports.com. The pies are absolutely class. I love the Mr. Sings Chicken Ambala. That is so tasty. That is a good one. I think my favourite would probably be the macaroni, though. I prefer meat in my pie. That's what she said. <laughs> Deary me, so if I was to pick a second favourite, it would be the steak haggis and peppercorn sauce. It's not a bad choice for any of these pies, truth be told, Jack, because you've got things like the Dirty Mac, the mac and cheese, the black pudding traditional scotch pie, you've got the Mr Sings chicken and bala like we spoke about, and if you like a bit of beef, you've got the beefy bake, the choices are endless. And even if you're trying to lose a couple of pounds like myself and Colin probably could, there is the skinny scotch which has got 40% reduced fat. Sounds good, and one of the best things about this company is, you don't have to go to the bakers and stand in a queue with people full of germs to get these, you don't have to go to Asda, you don't have to go to Morrison's, you don't have to go to Tesco, nowhere like that. You go to piesports.com, you select your pies, you put in your address and they deliver them to your house anywhere in central Scotland. It couldn't be easier than that. As a listener, you get special treatment though and you can win 
a box of pies delivered anywhere in the UK. All you've got to do is look out for the hashtag WTM Pies on Twitter or use our website wrongtermemory.com and fill in the form there and you could win a box of pies each week on the show. May as well pass to a couple of other Scottish legends. That's magic. Well, what's that? 17 minutes ago, was it? Mm. We're in the house minding marine business, lying in my ribs, then boof, we're here on the high street searching for the beefy bake. Oh. That is the power of advertising, Jack Boy. Mm. We are the mere puppets of your marketing bigwigs. Yes, we are the marketing bigwigs, and this week we asked people to send in their one-liner jokes, basically, um, or a joke that could fit in a single tweet. And we'll just read some of them out before we announce the winner, Colin. So we'll go through them one at a time. And the inherent thing about one-liners is they're not particularly funny. But the first three here, know how people were shooking up to you last week? Mm-hmm. I think there's three here that are trying to shook up to me. Um, they might not know it, but David Marshall, our friend, definitely knows that this is one of my favourite ones. It's an old as fuck one you will have had a million times, and it's what's big and green and will hurt you if it falls out of a tree, a snooker table... He knows that's one of my favourites. Like, it's not particularly funny, but I still remember the first time I heard it when I was like 14. And, and you pissed nearly yourself. Nearly pissing myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. The um, next two, um, yes, I'll let you take them, but the next two are Mitch Hedberg jokes. Now, I don't know if the people know that Mitch Hedberg is one of my favourite comedians ever. Yeah, I've mentioned it a few times, so somebody could be tapping into that and try to suck up here. Yes, I think so. So yeah. we'll let you take these two then. So David Fleming at FlemD. I bought myself a parrot. The parrot talked, but it did not say I'm hungry, so it died. <laughs> to me, Mitch Hedberg delivered it, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jamie M. Rice is great if you're really hungry and want to eat 2,000 or something. Yeah, again, Mitch does it better. Jeremy Beadle has got a wee cock, but on the other hand, it's quite big, yes. <laughs> His will was also uh, written in shorthand, so nobody could understand it. Um, I like this one by Paul Toner what's the difference between a nun in a bath and a nun out of a bath one uh, has hope in her soul <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> uh, I'm not putting that next one in that's too rubbish uh, Jack Mayer yeah, I got asked out by a really loud woman on gym I had to turn her down <laughs> see I quite like that because it's new I hadn't heard that one before so uh, this, next, yeah, this next one's quite good from Graham, Graham Ray I've not heard this one before actually what did the elephant say to the naked man? Don't know. How do you breathe through that tiny thing? There we are. Why did the washing machine laugh? Took the piss out of the pants. That's another old one. Tremendo Hendo. Ten cows in a field. What's one as closest to Iraq? Kuwait. <laughs> right, again, oh. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard, I feel like I've heard that one, but no, it, was nice to, it was nice to revisit it. You've heard a bunch of cows in a field. How do you know which one's going on holiday? don't know. The one with the wee calf. Oh, I, <laughs> I, a lot of these are very like you need to say it in a Scottish accent. Um, <laughs> this one was <laughs> this one was no bad actually because it was new as well. Sad news this morning: my next door neighbour Anne has suddenly passed away. She was a real character and loved her Indian takeaways. Turns out she doesn't want to be cremated, so it's biryani. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad actually. One more uh, before that before we announce uh, the winner. Yeah, so this last one uh, from Dick Capuccio. Um, what do you call a man who is almost at his front door? Hamish. Hamish, again. Need to be Scottish for this one. Now, the winner, um, I picked the winner because it got the most likes, like the most people seen it and went, I like that. 
and it was a friend of ours actually, but that doesn't negate him from winning. And it's uh, Alex Staff. Uh, women were always telling me I had no taste, so I started eating more pineapple. That's <laughs> <laughs> the spunkies talking about. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, so right done, Alex. Yeah. yeah, Alex, who we love in the pies. How many bad boys under? That is it. That is it. Right, I was going to say DM, but we'll just speak to you, Alex. So well done, mate for putting out that absolute nailer. Very quickly, Colin will batter through a little bit of culture, music, films, that oh, that jazz. Believe by Cher, number one single, number one selling single. My Heart Will Gone by Celine Dion at number two, and it's like that with Run DMC versus Jason Nethams. Fans of any of those, I sadly admit I had Cher Believe on CD single. I bet you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like. I didn't hate it at the time, but it got awful really quickly. Um, one of the first kind of mainstream examples of auto tune. Um, that's when Dion songs obviously famous for Titanic, which makes sense. And it's like that. But Run DMC and Jason Nevins, I fucking loved at the time. I thought it was great. Remember the video with all break dancing and stuff like that. It was brilliant. Yeah, Believe was at number one for seven weeks, I think, and it was. It was at the time the biggest selling single by a UK by a, just a female singer, I think. And do you know what album? It came from an album from Cher, obviously. And it kind of blew my mind that it was her twenty second album, and that was back in nineteen ninety eight. Cher's really old. Like, I, I've had this conversation before. Like, Cher used to be really, really attractive. I used to think she was really hot, mm-hmm. but since probably since Believe, she's been really, really old, and she just keeps getting older and older. Like we all do, but she seems to be really, really old now. Yeah, they sort of repackaged Three Lions that was written for Euro 96 um, as Three Lions 98, and it topped the charts for a while, um, becoming actually more successful than the first one for Euro 96 by Bedeal and Skinner. They were. And they're still doing that now every two years. Oh, they're the bastards. Uh, the album chart, mate, I'll let you take this because it's fucking beige. Um, yep, so the albums here were Talk on Corners by The Cores. Absolute mum music. Um, George Michael, ladies and gentlemen, the best of George Michael. I remember this one it was a double CD, um, white cover with his face with sunglasses on the front. Um, I like this album because I do quite like George Michael. And Where We Belong by Boyzone when they were still a five piece. There we are. So that's the, the charts there. Um, Chumba Wumba. Is that how you pronounce it? Remember yeah. them? I get knocked down. Are they uh, get he- up again? Yeah, Dan Buck is <laughs> the guy's name, I presume, from the band Pose a Bucket of Ice over John Prescott at the Brit Awards. I remember this. Yeah. Making like, national news. That was huge. Um, he was of, a deputy prime minister. Yeah, exactly. I, and they were a very anti-establishment band, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they'd, they'd been about for years and years and years, but never had any sort of commercial success or anything. But they'd always been known for being edgy and being fuck the authority and all that sort of stuff um, I don't think that's the guy's real name Dan Bert No Bacon <laughs> <laughs> I never even read the same <laughs> yeah. Dan Bert No Bacon um, but I bought a bucket of ice over at John Prescott I think this was just after the Bert Awards the year before had the Jarvis Cocker stuff with Michael Jackson as well Yeah, that was um, so this, this was like continued Brit Awards nonsense and goings on um, the next one here you mentioned obviously George Michael for having that best of album 
he was also arrested this year on the 9th of April um, in Beverly Hills, California, after being caught in a lewd act by an undercover police officer who was operating a sting operation using so-called pretty police. <laughs> he was fined, this is what's always like this, he was fined $810 and was sentenced to 80 hours community service. Um, and after all this, he basically ripped the piss out of the whole thing by ripping off the incident and his music video for Outside. Um, but I like George Michael, I think he's got some great songs. Yeah, the saddest day of the year happened a week after my birthday. Jerry Halliwell announced that she's leaving the Spice Girls. And you cried uh, you cried tears and liquid from both ends that day, I'm sure. That is it. Films, what have we got? Armageddon, number one, which I didn't realise was a Disney film. Saving Private Ryan, and at number two, and Godzilla, which I haven't seen um, coming in at number three that year, mate. So, any opinions on any of those three? Uh, I haven't seen any of them, but Armageddon does have that Aerosmith song, which I like. Don't really miss a thing, but I've not seen any of them. Yeah. Um, I think I went to the... Was there a cinema in East Kilbride at that point? <clears throat> yeah, it would have been the UCI at that time before it became Odeon. Yeah, I think. Um, are we passed up in East Kilbride? I think we went to see Armageddon at the cinema. Um, Titanic wins 11 Oscars at the Academy Awards, but the other two films, Saving Private Ryan and Shakespeare in Love, sort of clear up at the other shittier awards that nobody really, <laughs> really cares about. Josh Harnett. Uh, film debut and Halloween H20 20 years later and Big Vinnie Jones also made his film debut that year and Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels mate yeah so have you, is it you that's not seen Lockstock? Yeah I've still not seen it I think we talked about maybe, maybe reviewing it at some point or doing something with it over on the movie podcast because I'm keen to see it and I want to watch that and I want to watch Snatch, I just haven't done it yet uh, What's happening in the telly mate, telly's your bag I say that. Like, Big things him. happening. Big yeah. things happening in television here. Twenty sixth of January. Uh, Soap's first ever transgender character is introduced when old Haley Patterson, soon to become Haley Cropper, turns up on Coronation Street. Um, get, ends up married to Roy, becomes much loved by everybody, and real fucking heartbreaking scenes when she died of cancer a few years ago. Well, she took her own life because she was dying of cancer. Um, amazing. Um, Robot Wars started in BBC Two. I always fucking hated Robot Wars. It was just fucking geeks chasing tin cans around. And I did not like it at all, did you? I thought it was... Again, I maybe watched it about three times when Craig Charles used to present it, I think. Yeah, he was, he was always the commentator type thing. No, he wasn't the commentator. The commentator was the BBC... was the Jonathan, five, Jonathan, Jonathan Pierce. Yeah, Jonathan Pierce. Yeah. yeah, not only did fucking Jerry Hallow break my heart, but Sky Scottish... Closes after 19 months on air, uh, having failed to meet financial targets. Don't remember this at all. I remember it vaguely um, because they made a big song and dance about it at the start and then it was just a disaster. It was just as bad as that current BBC Scotland channel that nobody watches. I suppose the difference with this is that Sky actually had to make money off it because it's a commercial enterprise, whereas BBC is happy just to let it go because it's paid for anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Your quiz show started on ITV, Jack. Um, Who Wants a Millionaire? Presented by Chris Tarrant. Um, were you a fan of that show? I, I was at the start because of the prize money involved in it. It was like, wow, you could be a millionaire by going on a quiz and there was nothing like that. So for a while, yeah, Jeremy Clarkson is an absolute cunt and he presents it now. But <clears throat> I was watching one recently. Yeah. And they've got a new thing where you can ask the host. Yeah. 
So he asked Jeremy Clarkson, and it was about a thing called an onyx, which is a goat, right? It's a mountain goat that, you know how those goats that stand on the side of the mountains? Mm-hmm. Like cliffs. And he asked the host, and Jeremy Clarkson went, well, I can tell you it's definitely not a goat. So, and told the guy it was a fucking horse or something. And the guy went, right, okay, it's a horse. And he was at like £32,000. And Jeremy Clarkson got it wrong, and he went down to £1,000. Oh, dear. <laughs> but it's, in the confidence, they I went, oh, definitely yeah. not a goat. And I'm like, fucking is a goat. <laughs> I know it's a goat. I just watched a documentary about it last night or something. And oh, I just, you know, I don't go with him. Don't, but he did. Seattle, I don't really like Jeremy Clarkson. I stopped watching Top Gear a long time ago. I used to enjoy that. Uh, yeah, I did, however, Jack, watch Clarkson on the farm, which is on recently, and it was very, very, very good. Honestly, very good. I think, Karen quite, mentioned I, think, that, I think you'd quite like it, you know. Like Karen mentioned that I kind of went, mm, I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not too keen on the idea of it, but if it sounds. I'll put it on that list, mate, right? <laughs> okay, that's great. That means shut up, I'm not interested. Yes, um, uh, how did they wrap up the year? Yeah, yeah big, big Christmas festive storylines. Uh, the one EastEnders chose to cheer us up with over Christmas was the death of Tiffany Mitchell. Um, she was ran over and killed, eventually found out a car driven by Frank Butcher. And 22 million people sat down to watch that, Jack. That's almost as many folk that listened to this. Almost, yes, but not quite. A couple of rappers were born. Dave, just Dave. Uh, Little Skies, ever heard of him? Never heard of him. Shake Wes, never heard of him. Uh, Richard Wang isn't a rapper, but he's got a funny name. Um, he's a Canadian chess player. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, Hadji was born. Hey, he's a good guy. Yeah, good guy. Justin Fashion, who um, died or yeah, killed with. Took his own life. Uh, he died and he killed himself because he was gay. Yeah. Poor bastard. Yeah. Email your memories to hello at wrongtermmemory.com. Normally, when we visit the forums column, you do it. I don't need them. And then we read them out together and we try and get a lol. But this time, I've pulled them together and you've not read them. So these are secondary school memories, basically, because I went to secondary school in 1998, I'm pretty sure. Or I was in first or second year, maybe. I can't particularly remember. But um, So this is school memories, mate. So let's see. Um, let's battle through these. Short and sweet, there's only about five or six. Okay, I'll go with the first one. Every day a friend of mine would suck air up his arsehole and rip the loudest and longest farts I've ever heard. It was a sad day when he was expelled from school. <laughs> oh. And a pal that could do that, did you have any pals that could do that? No, just fart on demand, no. Yeah, we had a pal that could get into the fart position, basically. Oh, and he wow. would, like, shook air into his arse and <laughs> do, big, do big, massive farts. One of my friends got into an argument with his little sister in front of like 50 other wains. He was so pissed off that when he tried to say, I'm going to kick your fucking ass, he says, I'm going to fuck you up the ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. Disaster. Um, I wore boxer shorts to school because my mum told me people wore them as regular shorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just a shame. Um, so either the time the psychotic... French teacher locked me in a supply cupboard or when my Latin teacher hit me with a ruler dot 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 no said Latin teacher now works for the BBC uh, after the child sex offences trials collapsed due to his very expensive lawyers fucking hell 
So, yep. Um, I was making Chinese throwing stars and metalwork. <laughs> Only I was pish at metalwork, and they came out looking like swastikas. <laughs> I, I was I was surprised enough at the fact he was allowed to make Chinese throwing stars. I know. And then, I know. Okay, well, these are a couple from the USA, just to um, take it up a up a notch. I'll take the first one because it's short and sweet, and then I'll let you wrap it up, mate. My dad kidnapped us for the first time. First time. They put us in school. What the fuck? I've just seen the one you've left me to read out, you bastard. Um, Getting my period and bleeding through my clothes, I walked around all day with blood on the back of my skirt until someone told me, and I had to tie a jacket around my waist. However, that's not as bad as my husband's worst memory, though. When he was in ninth grade during an assembly, a student pulled out a gun, shot at the ceiling once, and then killed himself. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, yeah, so the Americans just taking it up a notch there, Colin, but I think that will do us for today. Um, keep your eye out for how to enter this week's WM, WTM Pies. Yes. Any announcements, Colin? Any sort of... People have turned off by now, I'd imagine. But. Yeah, but let's just announce that next week we're going to party like it's 1999. Oh, boom. Browse only the best pods in the best network. Quite the thing media.com.